Milk minute, milk minute, milk minute, yeah. This is Maureen Farrell and Heather O'Neill, and this is the Milk Minute. We're midwives and lactation professionals, bringing you the most up-to-date evidence for all things lactation, so you can feel more confident about feeding your baby, body positivity, relationships, and mental health. Plus, we laugh a little or a lot along the way. So join us for another episode. <laughs> Somewhere over the rainbow, bloom birds fly. Welcome to the Milk Minute. We are talking about <laughs> breast milk colors today. <laughs> but first, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but first, this rendition of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Breast milk colors are stressful. <laughs> they are. So we thought we'd talk about it because honestly... 90% of the information I see online about this is stressful. It's like, look at this little chart to tell you all the ways the colors of your breast milk might be bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, should I feed my baby? And 50% of the world is like, definitely do it. And the other 50% is like, don't do it. Yeah. Or so they could die. We are myth busters today, friends. And we are here to spout the fun facts. Yeah. Rain- <laughs> rainbow style. <laughs> no, I'm really excited actually for this one. <laughs> I'm going to learn something. I'm going to teach you all. I love doing that. I'm like genuinely gleeful about this episode. You know what? Maureen's face right now looks this happy because she actually found some research-based answers. I did. For once in her godforsaken life, she found some data. Thank you to the dairy industry. (laughs) Yeah. We still need to get them on the show. Woohoo! Yeah. Actually, but first, I have kind of a complicated listener question, so we're going to have to take a few minutes on that. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maddie from Washington State is one of our patrons, and right now she is dealing with shingles. Oh, I've had this before with a patient. So she asked, what studies or information do we have about lactating chest-feeding parents, you know, feeding their kiddos while they have shingles? Do they pass antibodies? Do they transmit it? You know, she's curious, especially for babies who have not been vaccinated for varicella yet. You know, she has a 14-month-old who's not fully vaccinated. She's working with her peed, but she just wanted to see if there's any, like, extra breastfeeding wisdom that we can drop on her. Yeah. First of all, that sucks for you. I'm sorry. That's, like, the last thing you need on the planet right now. Um, Last thing anyone really needs. But the good news is shingles is not passed through breast milk. Absolutely. So to be very clear... The varicella virus is only passed through direct contact to those little blisters and the liquid inside of them. Mm -hmm. And only for a certain amount of time. Yes. And you can't, shingles itself is not contagious. However, you can get chicken pox from somebody who has shingles. Yeah. It's a whole vibe. It's a whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So just direct contact. It's not from like just spending time with them. And, um, you know, the simple way to prevent that if you're nursing a baby or taking care of young children is to cover your lesions in like dry bandaging. Now, the more complicated side of this is if you have lesions on your chest and you're breastfeeding. Yeah, this was my patient. She had it near, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. on the nipple. Right. So we were able to cover it, but it was close. Yeah. and, (laughs) And so you can make the choice then either to like you know, be on the more conservative side and do some exclusive pumping so your baby has no chance of touching it or to be very careful about bandaging. 
Um, if a lesion develops on your areola or nipple, we're still expressing milk, but we're going to probably discard that milk, okay? Because just from that side? Just from that side, not yeah. the other side, because we don't know if any of the like liquid from those blisters is getting into it. Yeah, we don't want that in their mouth. And I have to also add, if you're doing that and like, so those blisters are going to touch your breastfeeding equipment... You have to be super careful then about that, like, contaminating other members of your family. You should probably be the only one doing those dishes. Mm, that sucks, too. It <laughs> does suck. It really does. Um, but in general, we're just going to make sure you wash your hands. You know, if baby comes into contact with the lesions, like, say, you didn't realize you got one on your breast and you were feeding at night, you wake up and you're like, oh, shit. Um, talk to your doctor about possibly getting the varicella zoster immune globulin. Uh, it might be appropriate for them. And you can take antivirals. Yes. You can take antivirals while you are breastfeeding. There are lots of safe options for you. All right. Good luck out there with your open, weeping <sighs> shingles. I'm so sorry, Maddie. Yeah, we are. It's really terrible. All right. And we do have some new patrons. So, so many. Thank you guys so much for all of the support. We've been getting a huge outpouring of love about my new pregnancy and the new podcast Beyond the Boob, which tracks my pregnancy week by week. And Maureen is my midwife who's taking me through some really good prenatal education mm -hmm. that you're not going to get anywhere else. So thank you to everyone who has invested in that and invested in this show, which in turn helps you all. So we really appreciate it. The following patrons are my new favorite people. Mariana Wilson, E. Alden Krauska, Jesse Ritter, Amanda Panda, <laughs> Kate Austin, Dana Jacobs, Julia Walsh. Thank you guys so much. Honestly, like, I think we're going to get to the point where Beyond the Boob funds this entire thing, which is like, I'm there for it. Yeah. I'm here for we're it. We're going on Work three it, years of shrimp. <laughs> we're, I will do, exploit the shit we, out of this Do feed. we have to call, like, the Child Actors Guild for, <laughs> for an unborn baby? <laughs> oh, I hope not. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so we really do appreciate it. And we are going on three years. We're almost at our three-year mm -hmm. podcast anniversary, which is very hard to believe. It, I, yeah, I think we're going to plan something for it. Something big. Don't know what yet, but I'm going to make it it's over the top. Big. It's going to be great. Huge. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think, you know... Let's like, let's take just a quick break and then we'll jump right into the rainbow. Take me through the milk rainbow, Maureen. I will. Okay. Imagine a world where you seek lactation care and it's easy and someone greets you at the door and they're nice to you and they give you a hot cup of tea and let you sit on the couch and talk about all the issues, not just the breastfeeding issues. What a cozy fantasy. Is there anywhere that's real? Oh, it's real, girl. It's real. And I've been building it for quite a long time. My business is called Breastfeeding for Busy Moms, and me and every member of my team are trained in our three major tenets, which is accessibility, kindness, and personalization. If you want to book a consult with Heather or anyone else on her team, you should head over to breastfeedingforbusymoms.com. We do accept some limited insurance, and we'd be happy to walk you through it if you want to give us a call. And that number's on Google. So go sit on the cozy couch with Heather at Breastfeeding for Busy Moms. Love you guys. Someday I wish upon a star. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. Let me start out by saying that popular explanations for milk color are just kind of bullshit, usually. Okay, I'm sure you have 
read lots of Facebook posts where people are like, look at my green milk because I have COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's just wrong. It's just okay. wrong. Yeah. You know, as as you know, like we can't just look at milk and be like, oh, it's that color. So it means some magical immune properties are in it or something. Or it's unhealthy for baby. Or we just make some really wild assumptions, honestly. Yeah. And some <laughs> of them I feel like we've invented to make ourselves feel better. And yeah. some of them I feel like we've used to make others feel worse. Fear-mongering. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I, I do too. And I really hate every time I come across a post like that, even like our Facebook group. And and I look at the comments and I'm like, no, 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 no. And someone's like, yay, your milk is amazing. It has extra antibodies. And someone else is like, that milk is spoiled. Throw it away. And you're like, no, stop. Everybody just get stop. off Get off me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Today, we are here to reassure you that your milk is fine, okay? Oh, thanks. Um, it's going to change colors. That's okay. And if you never pumped an ounce of milk, you would never know. Never, ever. Never. Are you ready to ride the rainbow? Uh, well, when you put it that way, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't mean to put it that way. I'm ready to, ready to ride. Let's go, Maureen. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to start with white, because white is all the colors, okay? What? So, why is milk white? That's a great question. I know the answer. I don't (laughs) think I do know the answer. Milk is white because the different fats and protein molecules reflect the entire light spectrum. When you see something white, all of the colors of the light spectrum are being reflected back at you. Oh. Yeah. So, the entire rainbow... Even though milk is mostly water, right? Normal. <laughs> it contains, what, 2 to 5% fat and lots of protein. And those little molecules are evenly dispersed in there. It is opaque because it's a suspension, meaning those little molecules are evenly dispersed and they don't dissolve fully in the liquid. Oh. Okay? Yeah. And so that's why it reflects white light. And that's also why when it separates in the fridge mm-hmm. and the water yeah. separates from the fat and uh-huh. cholesterol and protein. It looks the, different. It looks different. Okay. Yeah. And so freshly expressed milk, right, is going to look different. We have a lot of that, you know, that whey, that liquid that everything's suspended in has all these fat molecules. And... If we're thinking about fat, right, it's it's butter, essentially. That's that's <laughs> the fat in your milk. When it's cooler, it's a solid and it's opaque. When it's hot, when you heat it up, that's when it becomes a liquid and it becomes see-through. So we have these cool, solid, tiny little fat molecules floating around there, making it look like your milk is opaque. I love that. Really cool, huh? Very cool. Yeah, thanks, dairy industry, for teaching me that one. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I've never thought about it that hard. Yeah. Well, now I did. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to take us through this. We're just going to Roy G. Bivet, okay? Oh, yeah. We, we got to start with Roy because that's yeah. the one that freaks everyone out the most. It does. So I'm grouping red, pink brown all together because they have the same cause. That makes sense. Yeah. In case you didn't know, brown M&Ms do have red dye number 40 in them. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yes. Okay. So... Let, why don't you talk about the most obvious common reason for strawberry milk? Uh, blood. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in your boobs. 
Breast milk is made from blood, so it will not harm your baby to ingest some. And reminder, it's going into their stomach, which is full Mm -hmm. of acid, which is just going to break that down. Yeah, and even if they ingest, like, too much, it's it's just going to give them, like, a tummy ache. It's not going to hurt them. Right. And also, you don't really know how much is in there because one drop of blood can make a big difference in the color. It's in suspension. (laughs) Right. It's it's like the tiniest amount. If you've ever used food coloring Mm -hmm. to dye white icing on a cake, you know it's not like use a whole bottle. It's like use two drops and stir it in. And yep, look, it's red. So so I've contemplated making a video about this before (laughs) where I actually like take a couple of drops of blood and like drop them into a cup of milk just so you can see how pink it turns. Yeah, I'll do um, that. Yeah, and I was like, am I willing to cut my finger open for this? Well, we could use a, a <laughs> finger pricker. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm willing. For, so we We're should gonna do We're going to do it. Yeah, um, I think it's really helpful to see that. Um, and where does the blood come from? Usually from your nip nop. Okay. <laughs> Usually from a nipple wound. Those are really common. Sometimes... It might be coming from inside your milk ducts where we have some inflammation from, say, something like mastitis, or we might just have some broken capillaries in there, and those can happen for a wide variety of uh, If you've been aggressively hand-expressing and you have bruises all over your breasts, yeah. or if you've been pumping on the highest setting, so if you're pumping like on a suction of 12... <sighs> And you feel like your shoulder blades are about to be pulled through your nipples. It's like there's a pretty good chance we have some. You've feet capillaries. Yeah. 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 Um, I do want to chat for a minute about rusty pipe syndrome, though. Yes. Because this is an interesting one. And it's different than broken capillaries. it's different. Yeah. So this is what we typically attribute pink, red, or brown milk to in the first few days postpartum. Okay. Um, it is a temporary condition. It's painless and it's benign. Rusty pipe syndrome is the result of old blood left inside of the milk ducts from vascular breast engorgement. Okay, so when you're pregnant, your breasts are doing a lot, right? They're going through changes. They're big, they're small, they're hot, they're cold, whatever. <laughs> um, and there's a really big increase in the blood flow to the breasts and to the milk ducts and all the glandular tissue that make breast milk. And they develop fast, real quick. Sometimes some of that blood is like left over in the ducts and it literally just has to like flush out. And that's Mm -hmm. why we call it rusty pipe syndrome. Like if you've ever lived in an old house and you turn on the water for the first time in a while and you're like brown water, (laughs) you let it run for a while and it looks fine. That's what we're doing here. (laughs) And it's fine. It's safe for your baby. Um, And again, typically this is the first week postpartum that we might see this. Yeah. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Absolutely. There is, uh, funny enough, one more cause for the red family of milk colors. Please say beets. It is beets. (laughs) Just like when you pee and you're like, is that blood? Oh, no, I just had beets. Scary. (laughs) Beets are terrifying. They taste like dirt to me. I wish I liked them. I have tried them again and again. Can I tell you the way that I found to eat them that I actually like? Yes. Which you might like right now because you're in a salad thing of pregnancy. Thanks, shrimp. I grate them fresh. Toss them with a little balsamic vinegar and like put them on top of my salad. Okay. And then they're kind of like grated carrots on top. Okay. And the vinegar kind of cuts that weird like dirt taste. Good. Yeah. So I I need cut. I like them that way. It's really good. Now I just have to get my hands (laughs) on a raw beet. (laughs) But other red foods can also do this. 
Like, if you, like my children, just sit down and eat two quarts of strawberries and cost me $16, your milk (laughs) might be red the next day. Um, If you ate a red velvet cake and had a ton of red food dye, right? Um, And it doesn't happen to everybody. Some people could eat more red foods and not have any of those, like, little pigment molecules make it into their milk. Some people don't. It's just kind of random chance. Can I tell you that I hate red velvet cake? And... (laughs) My mom, when I was 13 and 14, and I got my first period, she had a dream that night that she baked me a red velvet cake underground like the Native Americans do. What? I don't know. Don't quote me on this. This was her dream, and she was going through a Native American phase in her life with classes at college. I don't think Native American people made red velvet cake. No, no. That was part of the dream. But (laughs) but they had, like, you know, period parties. So anyway, she threw me this big period party with red balloons. Oh, she threw you a period party? In her dream. Okay. But did she really, though? Because I kind of love that. I'm still dead from embarrassment in my mind because she told so many people about it. And so uh, every time we see a red velvet cake, she'll look at it and she'll be like, remember in my dream when I threw you a period party and I mixed some drops of your blood? I'm kind of she didn't just do that for real. Yeah. Like, it's so over the top that it should have just happened. Well, now, like, joke's on my daughter because I would love to do that. Hell yes. But, yeah, I do remember what it was like to be that embarrassed. <sighs> and we're just going to continue it. That's what I think about every yeah. time I see a red velvet cake. I love that. My period. My first one. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's chat about orange milk <laughs> really quick. Okay. Um, which kind of blends into yellow. We're going to – the oi of Roy. The oi. <laughs> um, in the same vein of eating foods – Research has shown that if milk-producing animals eat excessive amounts of carrots or sweet potatoes or other orange-pigmented foods, their milk can turn orange. So, you know, I don't know if you this happened to you when you were a little kid. I was really into carrots, and my yeah. mom would always be like, don't eat too many carrots or you'll turn orange. I thought she was joking, and then I watched the Magic School Bus, and she was not joking. My nose <laughs> turned yellow, and so did my kids when they were little, and they loved carrots. I love that. So, yeah, usually that is going to look yellow, but it could be so um, pigmented as to look orange. Now, yellow is fun because we all have yellow milk. We all have colostrum in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not the only time your milk might be yellow. So I found out why it's yellow. Tell me. It's beta carotene. Duh. Which is why carrots are orange. Just in a smaller amount? Yeah. So beta carotene is a red-orange pigment found in plants and fruits and colorful vegetables. The human body converts beta carotene into vitamin A. Vitamin A is fat-soluble, right? So it makes sense why this would like really stick in the fatty Mm -hmm. layer of the milk. Now, why do we have beta carotene in our milk? So it contributes to the antioxidant defenses in the neonate. And there was an interesting uh, systemic review that found infants younger than six months, uh, those who were fed primarily human milk had a greater blood carotenoid concentration than those fed formula. And that helps with what again? With your immune response. Oh, good. Yeah, so it's an antioxidant, right? So that's really cool. Gets rid of the free radicals. Yeah. Another contributor to the yellow color is whey. Whey is a protein. If you let your, like, cow's milk, like, curdle and it separates, the liquid is going to be light yellow. Ah. That's whey. Whey has a yellow tinge, and it is present in higher concentrations during the first few weeks of life as far as, like, protein ratios go. 
for muscle building. Yeah, so it's it's gonna um, you know it's it's honestly not that pigmented though, but it could be contributing to that. Interesting. And if your early like transitional and colostrum like separates in the fridge, it might not have that like blue tinge that we usually see with the separated milk. It mm-hmm. might just be yellow. Cool. So this ingredient doesn't go away, right? Beta carotene and whey, they're both always in your milk. It's just that the amounts are going to vary from time to time. Mm-hmm. So we know we're going to have higher amounts of those in the very beginning with colostrum. It usually goes down. But also, like, you might just have gone on a carrot eating binge or maybe your body just has more beta carotene for some reason for some unrelated reason. <laughs> so should everyone yeah. eat carrots if they're sick to keep their baby healthier? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You should all eat carrots. They're yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. Anyway, that was really, I, I was like so pleased to find that answer. I just, I was yeah, like, why is Yeah, that makes so much yellow? sense. Tell me. And because you know what else is yellow? <laughs> Pus. Yeah. And that scares people. Yes. They're like, you know what other body fluid comes out of me that is terrifying? Yeah, pus. pus. Uh, yeah. So you're fine. It's not pus. There's not an infection. Well, there shouldn't be. And if you think there is, phone yeah. a friend. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. I'm really excited about that. It is really cool, huh? All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear all about green milk and blue milk and oh, purple milk, gray, oh, yeah. black oh, milk. yeah. So much. <laughs> Heather, when you were nursing Heidi, did you get thirsty every single time? Every single time I sat down to nurse, it was like the Sahara Desert had taken up residence in my mouth. Same. And my go-to drink right now is Liquid IV. Oh, me too. Liquid IV makes your water work harder because it has a hydration multiplier in it that's great tasting, non-GMO, and it actually has cellular transport technology that delivers hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. You can also get their immune support blend, energy blend, or even one that helps with your sleep health. My personal favorite is lemon lime, and I think it actually makes me drink water two times faster, which is always handy when you have a screaming baby in the room. I really like the tangerine, and if you want to try that today, you can go to the link in our show notes and use our discount code MILK underscore MINUTE for 15% off your order. That's MILK underscore MINUTE for 15% off your liquid IV today. Happy drinking! I tell all my patients who are brand new parents to put a list of soothing techniques on the refrigerator so they can both remember what they've already tried for soothing baby. I like to put a happy tummy on that list. It's a natural herbal wrap that soothes and relieves pain instantly, and it's so fuzzy. It's so great. It helps baby sleep at night, resolves colic, gas, or constipation, and it's great because it has a little cute animal on the front for when they're doing tummy time, which provides gentle pressure to help them get their toots out. And you know what? They're not just for babies. They have them for teens and adults, too. Mm, So if you're struggling with those period pains, get your herbal warm, happy tummy wrap today by going to happytummy.com. And if you love us, enter promo code MILKMINUTE10 for 10% off. That's MILKMINUTE10 for 10% off your happy tummy. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Welcome back, everybody. I don't even want to mess around. I just want to hear about green milk. Okay. So I this one I have to preface with I get a lot of pictures of milk. And most commonly when someone says, why is my milk green? Let me send you a picture. I'm like, it's bluish. They're yeah. kind of like the same color. 
So blue milk might look green in yellow lighting. So like the light in your refrigerator, the light in our recording studio is very yellow, right? That can easily kind of affect the way that your eyes are seeing reflected light if the light it's reflecting is yellow. And we don't all have exactly the same like cells in our eyes that, you know, pick up colors the same. So this is subjective, right? And most of the time when people send me, quote, colored milk, it's like barely pigmented, Mm -hmm. right? Um, However, occasionally milk might actually turn really green. (laughs) Once again, we can thank our diet for that. We really only see like truly green milk if people binge like leafy greens. Or if you have like two like green kale smoothies a day or something, or if you had a St. Patrick's Day celebration and you ate all green dyed food. Okay, can I ask a question? <laughs> yes. If breast milk is made from your blood, not from not directly from the food you eat, does this mean that we have like yellow keratin and green food dye going throughout our blood? Mm-hmm. But our blood is always red. Yeah, because of red blood cells. Because of red blood cells. Yeah. But if it was white, our blood, our white blood would then look green as well. Yeah, I mean, if we only had, like, colorless plasma, it's possible that if we, like, binged on a bunch of pigmented foods, and that's, like, all that our intestines absorbed into our bloodstream. But honestly, it's, like, the concentrations aren't that high, which is why this doesn't happen that often. Well, right? and I guess also since urine is made from your blood Mm -hmm. and urine can change colors when you have asparagus when you have beets (laughs) right yeah i've even had people have orange pee from different vitamins right and green Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's this it's it's not the same process it is a parallel process okay of extracting things from your blood Okay, I just wanted to address that because I think a lot of people would be confused about that. Yes, and we do often say like, oh, it doesn't really matter what you eat, your baby's fine, that's not why they're gassy. And it's probably not. Like, however, it's not like people aren't texting me every day with like shamrock green milk, you know? (laughs) This really usually does take a pretty excessive amount of eating those foods. Yeah, and when you're excessive like that, you know what you did. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Now, blue is a different story. It's more like yellow. So we see bluish milk usually when you're pumping higher volumes of milk or you're feeding your baby at longer intervals. That milk typically has a higher water content and more water-soluble nutrients. Okay, and it's going to be lacking that fat that like higher fat content that's like reflecting the white light back at us. However, the interesting thing is usually that blue milk has a higher level of casein. Casein is a protein. Casein and whey are like the two main proteins in breast milk. We have a ratio of casein and whey. When babies are born, it's about 80% whey, 20% casein. And over time, that shifts to about 60-40. Okay. The ratio of this is dynamic though. And, you know, we tend to see more of that casein as baby gets older. Casein is blue. It looks blue. It reflects blue light back at us. So that's why when all that fat comes out of suspension, right, and the milk separates, that watery part looks blue. And so preemies, when you're pumping for a premature baby, Mm -hmm. there's more protein in your milk. So does that mean if if you're pumping... Probably more whey. 
more way. Yeah. I was going to say, because I haven't seen a difference in NICU people pumping, mm-hmm. but I definitely see a difference in people with hyperlactation and oversupply. Yeah. And-, and and usually when I get the pictures of like, why is my milk blue? It's like with a six month old. Or, and yeah, or they're like, it's high lactose, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's not the lactose. No, the sugars, as far as I know, aren't pigmented like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sugars dissolve in water. They're not suspended. <laughs> Maureen's so smart, you guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so whether your milk is yellowish or bluish, it doesn't matter. Those proteins are both good. We want them. It's just like, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at like skim milk compared to 2% and they're slightly different colors. It's because they've got slightly different ratios of stuff in them. You know, it's fine. Yeah. They're both milk. I used to think it was skin milk. (laughs) And I was so livid as a child that my mom would make me drink skin milk. And I was like, this is disgusting. What kind of mother are you? And I'm glad drink you your skin milk. <laughs> I was like, this is made from skin, and that is so disgusting. How did you think they made it? I don't know. I was like three years old. <laughs> we we cleared it up. We made Good, it. Up. I'm glad. Anyway, <laughs> so blue milk is fine. It's very very normal. This is the most common color people ask me about. Okay, how about the uncommon colors like? Purple. Purple is an interesting one. So I was not expecting to find purple milk articles online because I have never heard of this. But I found a case study, so I thought I'd throw it in here. You know, why not? It's part of the rainbow. We're on the P. I want to hear it. <laughs> Actually, it's violet in the Froji Biv. Anyway, so this is new. I saw the case study about a mother in the immediate postpartum pumping purple milk. Oh, is this a med? No, it was unexplained. So because this color was novel, the mother was advised to like withhold the milk while specialists looked into it. I mean, she had like a bunch of different specialists all looking into it. In the end, the breast surgeon concluded the coloration was due to ductal ectasia, ectectic ducts, and hormonal stimulation. Um, ectasia is the dilation or distension of a tubular structure. Okay. I don't know why that would cause purple milk. I also don't know how purple this milk was. There were no pictures on the case study. Mother was cleared to feed as normal, and the color cleared up in a few days. I wonder if this was just a weird case of rusty pipe syndrome, where it was Mm -hmm. purplish. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'd like to see that, because I really thought ductal ectasia caused, like, green discharge. I have no idea. Um, I would guess that this surgeon was just, like... sweating bullets and he was just like it's this term and it's fine goodbye (laughs) goodbye don't call don't write i mean they did like ultrasounds and stuff too i think it was it's pretty crazy but how annoying speaking of protecting your postpartum (laughs) if you pump purple milk it's probably fine (laughs) oh my gosh okay Uh, anyway purple brings us into gray and black which like you mentioned is medication typically Mm -hmm. okay some medications like minocycline, which is an acne. Doxycycline. Um, right. Right. Doxycycline can do this. A bunch of different medications can cause your breast milk to look gray or black. And can stain your baby's teeth also. Yes. Sometimes, like, much older blood that's stuck in your milk ducts can come out like black specks, like coffee grounds. It's not very common, though. <laughs> but if it's like, if that color's like truly blended into the milk, it's probably medication. 
So that is not very common to have gray or black milk, but I thought I'd just throw also, it in there. Also, doxycycline and minocycline are not recommended while breastfeeding for this reason. Yes. It is known. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's our rainbow, friend. What do you think? I think basically you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Yep. However, if you have an oversupply, you should probably get that fixed. Yeah, so I actually, if I have time anytime in my whole freaking life, I'm going to try to make a PDF about this because I hate looking at those little color charts and they're like, green means antibodies, blue means this. They don't. That's not what they mean. <laughs> so I'm done reading that on other people's non-scientific anti stuff. Antibodies are not light reflective, are they? I don't know, but that's not what it means, apparently. Well, so, I don't think, they're very small. They're tiny. They're not large I molecules. I wonder if it's just that they're not molecules, like, in suspension, if they're, like, fully dissolved in the liquid or whatever. I don't really know, like, how that works exactly. I mean, yes, you have antibodies in there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, and also, like, it doesn't matter Yeah. whether you have more or less of them one day. I don't know. People get very upset about it. And I just want y'all people to know, I don't care. You don't need to care. You're a dynamic organism. Yeah. Uh -huh. And apparently, your blood, if it wasn't red, would also be these colors. <laughs> And it's just transporting these little yeah. particles around and it's coming out in your milk because it's got a nice white palette. It's like for all you artists out there, when you put that nice coat of gesso on the yeah. canvas mm -hmm. and then you paint on top of it. Yeah. So your milk is the gesso. Okay. <laughs> it's a good analogy. All right. And now we're going to close with a song <laughs> from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay. We're actually going to close with awards and reviews. Oh, that, that's probably better. People <laughs> want to hear that. If you're pumping milk away from your baby at all, at work, or wherever you go, you deserve a bougie product to make that easier for you. You deserve a series chiller. And frankly, I could not live without one right now. The Series Chiller is an excellent way to store your breast milk safely, and it keeps your breast milk cold for 24 hours. It is the only thing I use to transport my breast milk to and from work while I'm working. It's got a sleek and beautiful design, lots of great colors, high quality materials and manufacturing. Series Chill also has other products that you might want to check out too. My personal favorite is the Milk Stash. They have a great nipple shield that actually changes colors and it's not clear like all the other ones. <laughs> and you know how we feel about that. <laughs> Um, if you want to have your very own series chiller, please go to the link in our show notes and use code MILKMINUTE15 at checkout. That's MILKMINUTE15 for 15% 15 off your series chill products. Enjoy. All right. Today's award goes to Kristen Tallarico Smallwood, whom I love. And Kristen says, my recent win is I finally decided after six months to let go of my fear to nurse in public. It's not fair to Lucas or myself. Since nursing him in public, we've been able to do so much more and are all around happier. Yay! Yeah, Kristen, thank you. We're super proud of you. And I'm going to give you the Milk to Go Award because <laughs> you're on the go. You can do anything now. You can do anything. <laughs> you really can. And we're so excited for you. Way to get out of the house. Yeah, well, I want to read an Apple review because they make me feel good. I hope they make you feel good, too. Yes. <laughs> um, this one is from MegHawk18, and they say, I wish I were better at putting into words how much I love this podcast because I know I will not do it justice. <laughs> Heather and Maureen are crazy passionate about helping women be their best selves and along the way sharing things to make your breastfeeding journey better. 
I feel good about myself as a mother after listening to them. They're relatable, hilarious, and give the most up-to-date and evidence-based knowledge. Well, thanks. We thanks, hope Meg. We hope so. That's like our whole goal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We love you guys. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Milk Minute Podcast. And if you want to listen to our new podcast, Beyond the Boob, it's available on uh, Apple f- subscription. Or you could hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash milkminutepodcast. Yeah. And next time you look at your pumped milk, I want you to just not freak out. Because it's totally fine. Just appreciate yourself and all the things your blood is transporting. And for God's sakes, drink a kale smoothie. (laughs) Okay. Until next week, everybody. Bye-bye. It's a myth.